I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top-draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with SwiftCover.com. For car insurance, don't wait in line. Go online. Get a life. Get Swift covered. Absolute Radio. So it's podcast time again. Welcome. I'm with Emily and Gareth, as always. Hello. Hello. That was very, (laughs) very well synchronised. That was excellent. Have you ever tried swimming together? (laughs) I think we should now. Yeah, it's a nice idea. (laughs) Perhaps we should all... I can't swim, actually. Maybe you could swim either side of me and hold my arms, (laughs) keep me... Like, you know, when you see see a a, a child out with his uh, parents and they swing the child in between. I used to... That was one of my favourite things when I was a kid. But you might drag us down. Yeah. Oh, that's rather mean, Gareth. That would be fabulously symbolic of the show. (laughs) 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 It's about time I got my own back. So that so that was me leaving on horseback. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the podcast. Absolute. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm with um, Emily and Gareth, as always. Hello. Hello. And uh, Gareth didn't say that. What do you, what do you, how do you come for that? He sort of grunted, didn't he? Okay. I don't mama. <laughs> yeah, I that's become your catchphrase then. <laughs> so, um, have, you, have you had a bet today? Because apparently, according to the news, half the adult population uh, are having a bet on the, the Grand National. Well, so at least one of us should have. Oh, well, there's three of us. So <laughs> One and a half. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I haven't bet. At least. I... Well, after, if one of us has a bet and the other one enters the sweep. Yes. Do you know the sweep? I'm not really... <laughs> I'm not really I don't know. betting, Frank. No, well, it's it's a very... Da- can I say that uh, the Absolute Radio is in no way recommending that people <laughs> gamble? It's a, it's a very dangerous business. But and I, The Grand National, I, I must admit, I have always had a, a bet on it. I um, I kind of like the Grand National. It takes me back to my childhood, cause my, partly because my dad used to make us watch it, and partly because one of my main joys as a child was uh, jumping through people's privet hedges. <laughs> In those days, everybody had privet around their house. Um, I used to think that maybe it was called privet because it's what people used to keep their garden private, as it were. Everybody. In London, now I I should explain, people who don't know me, I used to live in in the West Midlands and and I moved to London, which is a large conurbation in the south-east of England. And we used to... We just used to run through people's privet edges. It was one of the great... And it's quite hard to get through because it's, it's quite um, yeah. coarse and, 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 and sturdy. And that's basically what the Grand National is. It's horses doing that. Except the fences don't seem to have, like, pop bottles, chip paper and the occasional um, adult magazine in them <laughs> the way the privet did. So I like it for that. I've also thought as well that the Grand National sounds like that isn't the complete title. That sounds like two adjectives on their way to a noun. Like it should be the Grand National Championship or something like that, yeah. Grand National, yeah, and then it ends. It's like that, um, you know there's that crime novel called The Long Firm? I'm always looking for the the last word on the cover. (laughs) And it's never there. So you're not even going to have a bet? No, definitely not. I just, I don't know, I'm quite... It's not that I'm anti-gambling, but I just, I do get the fear... You're anti-horses, is yeah. that the truth of it? <laughs> mm. I just, I get terrified of the idea of losing money. 
I think it just scares me, <laughs> if I'm totally honest. This must be a very harrowing period for you, then, <laughs> it being one of the biggest recessions of all time. <laughs> <laughs> my my mum's side of the family used to gamble quite a lot. My, my granddad used to gamble. Um, uh, I didn't think it went very well for him. Uh, your, your hesitation suggests it was a bit of a problem. Have, have, we, have we dug up something a bit? I think he, yeah, he did it quite a lot. Right, he was a, he was a compulsive gambler. So I didn't make it attractive to me. No. Gambling. My granddad was a compulsive gambler. <laughs> yeah, he was always covered in grass, mud. Oh, God. <laughs> it was, uh, now, like I say, we're not suggesting that... I once did a gig with Red Rom. You know Red Rom the racer? Yeah. <laughs> I turned up for a corporate gig, and um, it was me and Red Rom on the bill, and uh, based, they didn't want me to do any comedy. They basically wanted m- people to have their photos, so people lined up to have their photo with serious? Red Rom. Is serious? You genuinely did a gig with Red Rom? I did a gig. It was just me and Red Rom on the bill. Uh, and, um, <laughs> what weird people. Yeah, and I did, Red Rom. I did 20 minutes of uh, comedy, and people were saying, oh, yeah, come on, let's, we just want our photos to talk, you know, to get the comedy out. Bring on the horse. Bring <laughs> on the horse. Well, I, during the comedy, I suggested, I said, well, how do we know it's Red Rom, if you come to think about it, you know. <laughs> I said, you know, on a busy weekend, there's probably two dozen of these out. You know, Christmas, they're sending out Great Danes. With <laughs> and and, and the, the bloke who was with Red Rom got quite upset about it. But, yeah, so then people lined up and had their photo took with me and then people lined up and had their photo took with Red Rum. Did you hit it off with Red Rum? Well, we didn't share a dressing room. <laughs> no, you didn't go. No, we, you could, if you'd have hit it off really well, you might have woken up with him and then it would have been like the Godfather, <laughs> except it's not just the head, it was the whole horse. <laughs> was like, ah, ah. Oh, no, we, oh, yeah, I remember but that. It might not have been like that. We might have gone on and got on well and became <laughs> very... And had a, stable relationship <laughs> absolute so I'll tell you something on the subject of horses um, because as I say half the adult population is uh, betting on the national today except for me yeah we, I don't think you can say half of them except for you <laughs> I, I'm assuming you're in the, the half that aren't I was in Australia and I was in, I was in a museum in Melbourne and I, there's a horse in there called Far Lap Farlap was a famous um, Australian racehorse, and uh, his his body, he's sort of, uh, well, actually not his body, his sort of skin is in that museum. I think his heart is in a place in Canberra, and his skeleton is in another one. And I looked at this horse; um, it's like a stuffed horse. Mm. I couldn't see any scars on it at all, and I thought, how the hell did they get the skeleton out of this? without cutting the skin. And do you remember, uh, there used to be a programme called It's a Knockout when you had to put a, a grand piano through a letterbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you had to smash it into bits. And, then, and I wondered if there was a... if they found a sort of an opening on the horse where they could remove the whole... You know when sometimes you see musicians take their shirt... Not musicians, magicians. They sort yeah. of take their, their... We've got Darren Brown enough to maybe he can do it. Mm. <laughs> they take their shirt off. They just grab the back of their shirt and go, whoom, and the whole shirt comes off. I wonder if that's what you do with a, with a yeah. horse skeleton. You just raise the tail, get a good grip like on a ta- the coccyx. Like a tablecloth. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, Whoa! and the thing comes out... That I'm, I'm, I'm going to um, West Brom Stoke this afternoon, so... It, if I see a police horse, I might try. <laughs> Give it a go. Why Just not? get behind the horse and, and the skeleton comes out, and the, the policeman's suddenly sitting on like a big brown velvet bean bag, wondering what's happened. <laughs> I think that would be uh, marvellous. Oh. 
Uh, now, one thing we want to do this week, we, we love it when people uh, send in uh, texts and uh, and the like. And I've got that rattle of paper is me getting my thing that's got the text on. Uh, if you want to text us, you can text us on eight twelve fifteen. Or you can email us on the Absolute Radio um, website, which is absoluteradio.co.uk. Oh, God. You know, UK. They're all co-UK if they're not com. Absoluteradio.co.uk slash Frank Skinner. Uh, what if someone's just turned now and they, and I've said slash Frank Skinner you know, and it's put some sort of message into their brain and they're waiting outside with a big uh, banana machete? I think that's definitely going to happen. Oh, I can't what? see any way around that. <laughs> I'm not going to get out. He was there when I came in. <laughs> what struck me, though, I don't know what you two think about this. Um, well, I do, because we discussed the idea before, but I always pretend that these things are just happening spontaneously. Um People, I think, some people kind of know a bit about me, but they don't know much about about uh, mm. you two, about Emily and Gareth. So I thought you can have questions, nice questions, can I point out? Yeah, but, no ex-boyfriends, uh, please, being abusive. <laughs> no, can I flag but, that up uh, right Nice, here? lovely, warm-hearted, humane <laughs> questions for Emily and Gareth. So you can find out a bit more about them, and, and I think that would be lovely. Um, I'll tell you what I was a bit worried about this week. Um, Basil Brosh and Postman Pat have been we've basically lost them to an American company I think the British company has something's gone wrong with it I don't understand I don't know the details of the, oh the, no it's the credit crunch hit them it is yeah the oh, brush, no. brush and Pat yeah, I, thought, I thought um, they were going to be privatised anyway <laughs> yeah. the, the post office. It looks like Pat's fallen just he's fallen at the final hurdle to keep it <laughs> keeping the Grand National theme. And so they could become American uh, wow. owned. So they're going to change the accents. Yeah. Hey Pat, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm having a great day in <laughs> I'm looking forward to Yeah, bomb, bomb. <laughs> 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 well, they have changed. But do you see Basil Brush on the telly now? He wears like a a hooded top. He's like Foxy Binger. He was the precursor for Foxy Binger. <laughs> yeah, Basil Brush. I, I like Basil Brush. Though. I was a big fan of his. Mm. Was he sort of John the Baptist to Foxy <laughs> Bingo's Messiah? <laughs> he was. Yeah, I've never thought of Basil Brush in those. I've worked with Basil Brush. I might tell you. That's quite some boast. In fact, what about this for a boast? Um, Basil Brush uh, was out, was on my This Is Your Life. <laughs> yeah, he was one of the guests. It was all done at the London Palladium, and suddenly a voice went, Mr. Frank, Mr. Frank. <laughs> and it wasn't David Baddiel, although he did call me that. Um, it was um, up in the Royal Box was, uh, was Basil Brush. But there was a bit of a terrible thing, because the bloke who um, was a lovely bloke called Ivan Owner used to operate, the original Basil Brush uh, person, um, I think, God bless him, he'd had a bit of a... Well, I don't know anyway, but I think he might have had a, a drink. I don't want to cast aspersions because I've, I get high fever from them. But um, he'd had a bit of a drink, and there was this thing where he went, oh, Mr. Frank, Mr. Frank, and he started talking about it, and he went, Mr. Frank, I, I remember when we... And it sounded like Basil Brush was drowning. It was the most terrifying sound. And then he had another go. He went, no, 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 Mr. Frank. And me and David Baddiel were... Cr I have never laughed so much on television in my life. Poor old man, poor Basil. And what happened? I'll tell you after this break. OK. Absolute. Oh, man, it was, it was amazing. And I must say, Basil Brush made a fantastic breakfast the next morning. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, yeah, so, um... 
What else? <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you, what were you talking about, the credit crunch and uh, plastic surgery? Oh, yeah, yeah apparently credit um, plastic surgery is oh, down. Oh, we had an email. Oh, We've had okay. an email. It's a bit of, we don't get many, so it's quite <laughs> excited. We'll come back to plastic surgery. We should clap like girls of the Playboy Mansion. Okay. Yay! Don't mention that. You'll start me off. <laughs> yeah. Alex, aged eleven, said, "My dad is a betting shop manager. I could get you lots of tips." And oh. aged eleven. Yes, aged eleven. Well, that's, that's great. I like the idea of a sort of a, a bookies runner, <laughs> sort of a little artful dodger type character. I could do some deals if you get in touch direct. <laughs> I'll sort you out. I had Thank a girl you, when I was at Thanks, school, Alex, yeah. and um, her dad was a bookmaker. And I used to, I had visions of him sitting there with these leather-bound first editions of Dickens, <laughs> and then uh, the Greek columns outside the house were a bit of a giveaway that maybe not. But now I was very disappointed when I found that out. That he was an actual thought, bookmaker. Though, bookmaker. Yeah, it does sound like someone who makes books. It's a reasonable. Yeah. It's like turf accountant. Why don't they just come yeah. out and say, I mean, a turf accountant sounds like what? Some bloke in a suit who does his job from a lawn yeah. of some kind. It is. What are they ashamed of? It's, a, it's yeah. a noble profession. What is he saying? Plastic surgery? Yes, plastic surgery is um, down because of the credit crunch, apparently. People are having less done. So not only are we getting poorer, we're getting less good-looking. We're getting older. Yeah. (laughs) That's quite a good thing, isn't it? Looking worse. Probably. But uh, the thing is, it's it's not the people who don't have it, it's the people who go cheap. (laughs) Never go cheap. No, exactly. Never go cheap. You see, people like Sharon Osbourne, she does look really good, I think. You're not saying... Sharon Osbourne has had plastic surgery. <laughs> I never know. Oh, I'm Frank, so don't tell naive. Me you didn't know that. I was saying to Emily earlier, oh, God, you know, Madonna looks. She's in, Madonna's in the paper, and because she's in Malawi and it's quite hot, and I think she's trying to look down to earth and not too rock and roll, she's not wearing any makeup. Mm. And to the my African amazement, look. well, you know, she's like, yeah, the Af- it's, it's a, yeah, it's the the Africa thing. We you know we've had the uh, we've had the ice cream cone um, Basque. <laughs> I know it's the Africa look. But she looks fantastic with no makeup on. And then Emily says to me, well, you know, I think she has had a bit of work. And I, I, it never <laughs> crossed my mind that Madonna had had plastic surgery. No, but she, I don't... We don't know that she has, no, can I point out? It's not the official this. policy of Absolute Radio no, to say that Madonna... But I, I mean, it's rumoured that she has. And her work, I think, is good and quite expensive work, which is why you can't tell. You see, that's the idea, I think. Because I, I had Botox once, I'm going to confess you to are. you. Did you really? And, yeah, about... When? about this morning? Ye- no! It was about four years ago. And I, I don't know why. I, everyone kept saying to me, oh, you, you look really angry. And I had these two little lines. Can you see them in the middle of my forehead there? Like frown oh, lines. Oh, God, I can see them. <laughs> I could strike a match on them were so it allowed just, in this Well, building. I had it done. And then it was really... I'd started to get the fear that I would look like Tweety Pie and my forehead would just be this giant flat surface. <laughs> so I then thought, also, I really got... You could s- be used as a, a whiteboard at <laughs> conferences. <laughs> a nice work surface. Hold on a minute. But I don't want to... Let's not go before our horse to market. When you say you had it done, what yeah. do they do exactly? They and is inject- it botulism? Somebody told me they just inject you with botulism. Yeah. And your head is so is. terrified, it tenses up. And that's well, what it paralyses the muscles. So I, I just had like, two injections there, and it stops you frowning, so it stops the lines forming, basically. Right. Yeah. What do you do if you're not happy about something? Well, if you want no to one ever knows, that you're which not. is great. You always <laughs> carry a marker pen, <laughs> and you I can put in some frown line. But no, I did decide after that, I just felt, I did feel a bit nervous, because people don't know that much about it, I suppose, yeah. 
and also I was worried that it didn't you know when people get work done and you just think oh she's had work done you don't mm. think she looks young well I don't but uh, yeah you do <laughs> I always think she looks nice well, if, if I had, pl- if I spent a lot of money having plastic surgery, I'd want people to know I'd had it done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in a Michael Jackson sort of way. I think he thinks, well, I'm having this done. I want people to know. Oh, you think I he's deliberately taken? Yeah. That. yeah. You <laughs> think he had it done the first time? They took the bandages off. He said, "Oh, way too natural." <laughs> Can you make the nose sort of more pointy and, and more hanging a bit more tentatively? <laughs> okay, that's it. I hadn't thought of that. Some more say. visible scars. That's what we want. Well, it, I think if, if Madonna's a uh, see, people take the Mickey out of Madonna. I think she looks marvelous. Oh, I think she looks brilliant. She's like what fifty-one. Yeah. Did you see those photos yeah. of her um, bandaged up? She had like white bandages and white pants on mm. recently. She looked fantastic. I've, I've decided that's my look. You like fifty-one-year-old heavily bandaged woman. With a sort of uh, 1972 Charlie's Angels flick at the front of her hair. Go down the Burns unit, you'd love them there. (laughs) (laughs) Can you, uh, do you have contacts down there? (laughs) I'll be able to sort you out. Although, we did have, we, um, Alex emailed back and, um, and he said, um, what did he say? Come on, this is radio. I'm sorry, this is so unprofessional. <laughs> Alex Eleven from the betting shop says, "Sure, we can come to some arrangement." Oh, okay. Well, okay. Absolute. Can but- I just say, Frank was drumming so ferociously during that. You look like Animal from the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> was, I work with Animal from the Muppets, <laughs> not the actual puppet, but Ronnie Verrill, who used to play the drums. I used what to- puppet haven't you worked with? <laughs> I've worked with those puppets. I have. I never did. Lenny the Lion, it was a bit before my time. Oh. That was that was the four, by the way, doing that Lie Dream of a Casino song, which at the moment is my favourite fall trail, but it changes every day. I went to see the fall this week. Oh. I went to see them at the Junction in Cambridge on uh, Tuesday night, and then I went to see them at Coco in Camden in North London, which is a conurbation in the southeast of England, um, on uh, Wednesday night. How was it? It was great. Uh, the, the lead singer with the four, um, in case you don't know, is a guy called Mark E. Smith, and he was in a wheelchair. He broke his hip, so it gave it a slight Richard the Third feel to the whole thing. And he does a thing on stage. He's, he, he he sort of he normally walks around and he changes all the settings on everyone's amplifier. So suddenly he'll switch the bass off or really really loud or guitar really quiet. He just messes about. I think just because he can to huh. show he's him. And even in the wheelchair, he still made the effort to go around. There was one, there was one quite tall amplifier. He actually had to get out of the chair, support himself with the speaker so he could twiddle with the knobs. Were there ramps? Did they have to set up ramps? There was a, there was a ramp at, um, at the London gig, but in Cambridge, there was a bit where he sort of got wedged in the door and he did the last song with his back to the audience, half on the stage and half off. But that's all pretty normal to Forgy. Was he in a wheelchair because it had a fall? That's absolutely splendid. I think that's the trailer for this week's show. Sorted out. Right, we've got it right there. Um, if you're listening, Mark, I apologise for that. So was, well it, so was it two consecutive gigs? You two consecutive gigs, yeah. That's how much you love them. I've, I've seen them um, four consecutive gigs. That's my. Really? That's the most I've seen them. I saw them um, uh, seven times in two weeks once. It's an obsession, I admit that. I should tell you, in case, you're not, in case you wonder what kind of man Mark e. Smith is, he, they played on uh, later with Jules Holland, and he insisted it was written into the contract that at no point could Jules Holland accompany them on Boogie Woogie Piano. <laughs> <laughs> now, that surely is commonsensical. 
The other great thing about Mark Eastmith, and there are many great things, is that considering he's been a vocalist in a band for like whatever it is now, 30 years, mm. he always looks completely nonplussed at the sight of a microphone. He sort of holds a microphone and goes, oh, and looks at it, and he, he looks at the back where it joins the wire and all that in a very like confused way. Uh, him. I have met him. I've met him a couple of times, yeah, which I was uh, so excited. I can't tell you. It was it was like being like loving someone and then meeting them. It was like if well, I met Henry VIII. Some. If you met Henry VIII, it would be very... And, and I imagine he'd be slightly nonplussed by a microphone as well. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a Henry VIII exhibition. I should say, in case you don't listen to this show every week, I know not all of you do, um, I think what we're gathering a core following, that's what I like. Um, Emily has a slight thing about Henry VIII which I think is destined to be an unrequited love, obviously. Yeah, but, you know, I'm going, I'm going to see him, though, next week. You're going to see him... What is... It's his armour or something, is it? I'm going to his crib, Hampton Court. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to hang out with Henry at his crib next week. Um, you know, there's the armoury exhibition. Uh, is this interesting to anyone? I hope it's in, at the Tower of London. And then there's another exhibition in Hampton Court. Right. And okay. I might be going to one today as well. Is it, is it a big Henry VIII festival? Yeah, it's 500 years since his accession to the throne. Well, of course, being a Catholic, I'm not a massive fan of Henry (laughs) VIII, but perhaps we shouldn't go into the history of the Reformation (laughs) on an absolute. It could be a bit... um, I'll tell you something, I've got some very exciting news to do with with fame and celebrity. Oh, yeah? I mean, it's like the the greatest honour of all. Absolute. And Basil Brush made the best breakfast. Uh, that was uh, <laughs> that, that was uh, Lily Allen with uh, with the fear. And uh, the thing that's happening to me is that I've been. This is very exciting for me. I know you might sneer, but I've been inducted. I, I'm I'm going to be inducted. They're going to put docked into me. Um, I'm going to be inducted into the Birmingham Walk of Stars. Wow. You don't start with that tone. <laughs> you live in Bournemouth. What's the Bournemouth walk of stars like? Max Bygraves, that's it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we've got... Um, so it's like, it's like in, you know, in Hollywood where there's uh, indentations in the pavement type of thing. It's a bit like that with stars and, and all that. And they've got Ozzy Osbourne and Tony mm. Iommi, who's, who's uh, the guitarist with Sabbath. Um, and Jasper Carrot. Jasper Carrot, you guessed it. Who else? <laughs> Noddy, Have a guess. Noddy Holder. Noddy Holder's not actually from Birmingham, he's from Wolverhampton, oh. but he is on is it. Not? I don't know quite how he got it. Adrian it? Childs, he should be on it. He's not on it, no. Oh. I think you, the idea is you have to have filled a major Birmingham venue. Mm. I've got Murray Costa. Walker on this list. Murray Walker. <laughs> what, is he do- what venue is he doing? Racing guy. Yeah, he, Racing he, used to, he used to gig a lot, Murray yeah. Walker. <laughs> Welcome to the gig! <laughs> oh, you're all sitting there! I'm about to do something! Yeah! He yeah, so Murray Walker's on there. Is he from Birmingham? He must be. He doesn't sound like he's from Birmingham. No, but I mean, he's had to change that. You couldn't, oh. you couldn't have. So we're coming up to uh, lap 17. It's very, very scary. What's he going to say? Gareth, you were... Oh, no, I was about to do a Birmingham Murray Walker, but you did that. So, um, sorry. So, no, speaking of... Uh, it's, it's all about getting in first in this business. You'll learn it that is. as you get older. <laughs> is there any questions coming for you two yet? Nothing. Oh, I can't believe it. We're asking our listeners to uh, to send in questions this morning to uh, 
to Gareth and Emily because I don't feel you know them well enough. You can text I don't think they want to know us. Well, I think <laughs> they the do. Response. Don't sulk about it. <laughs> text 81215 or you can email us through the Absolute Radio website. Just look for the slash Frank Skinner B. Now, so you moved this week, didn't you? Yes. Uh, that doesn't mo- happen that often. No, we moved into... You're like a, a slender Loris in that <laughs> respect. <laughs> you calling me lazy? <laughs> Go on, you uh, move. There's something going on upstairs. No, there's nothing going on upstairs, because we've just moved to a bungalow. Um, because we're having a baby, so we needed somewhere with another bedroom. So we moved into a bungalow. This is your, You're a married man, aren't you? Yes, to my wife. Laura. Okay. And um, we we uh, it's quite it's stressful moving, like it's supposed to be as st- stressful as divorce or a or bereavement. Or yeah, bereavement. We yeah. nearly had all three of those this week. Oh no! But it was um, it's I I didn't know I had to organise the people who were going to come and move, and in the end we had a lovely two lovely men with a van. One called yeah, Wait. I think that's quite traditional. <laughs> yeah. Two men with a van, but, I think, is a, is a common could, enough. You can method. pay a lot more, and they do a, a lot more for you. Well, but, I've heard that. But they want—they want to come round. I didn't know. Like they well, how are they going to move the stuff if they don't come round? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're going to email it. Even to give you a quote, even to give you a quote, they want to come and have a look at your stuff. Well, that's fair that's enough. Fair isn't enough. It? You might have nine no, it's not. Our We've got the same stuff as everybody else. Can, they, not, they've can, seen can stuff you stop before. shouting? This is, you're, you're ruining the absolute radio speakers. <laughs> yeah. So we did, and I was sorting that out. And then on that day, my wife is pregnant. So can I can I say before you go into this story? Um, is that when I moved the last time I moved I paid this removal company and I didn't touch they just came around and they just wrapped everything up in my house Mm. and I didn't I wasn't even there I went away and when I got back everything was in the new house it was fantastic they wrapped it all up but they wrapped up like dirty cops um A, a newspaper. And, and did they just throw them around as well when no. they got there? Like it was, they put the crisp packets back in exactly where it you want them. Brilliant! In. No, everything was still wrapped. So my entire wow. life, it was like you know that artist who wraps buildings. It was like that. They they wrapped the whole thing, and then and then put it in the new house. And I didn't have to touch. I didn't have to pack anything. I wouldn't like that. I don't oh, want. I, I don't it. want them meddling with my in my drawers. It was like it was. It was like <laughs> Christmas. I can't believe you said that. That's, again, that's the trailer sorted out. Oh my god! Absolute. So that was uh, EMF with Unbelievable. That's a great track, isn't it? Love that song. Um, I once sang that with Alan Hansen. Within just going unbelievable. That's it's true. It's true, isn't it, Gareth? You, yes, I do. I Gareth reminded me. Um, yes, on telly. Oh, those are the days. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, speaking of telly, do you know? You know, I cried. I I didn't just cry. I sobbed. This I made a noise crying. You know, when you make a noise. A friend of mine, um, who was a lovely bloke, he was a little bit camp. He was a lovely guy. He got shushed in. Um, on Golden Pond, he was at the cinema, and he cried so loudly. <laughs> anyway, the thing is that what I what I watch is, is not traditionally known as a weepy. I was watching um, E Entertainment Channel, and I don't know if you know that's a satellite channel. And there's a program called Girls of the Playboy Mansion, 
which is about Hugh Hefner and his three blonde-haired girlfriends. That sounds like a classy program. <laughs> well, you it's say brilliant. that. You say, yeah, you go, M knows it. You say, that's it. People who haven't seen it, you see, they think, oh, that's going to be squalid. But in fact, <laughs> it's like a lovely, friendly family atmosphere between him and the three girls that are a quarter of his age. It's like the Waltons <laughs> with silicon, basically, yes. isn't it? Yes, um, and, and, and swearing and, mm. lots, and quite a lot of nudity, but, you know. Can I say absolute radio don't champion nudity? So they live with him in the Playboy Mansion? Yes, they not up to Yeah, the way it kind of works is that one of them, I think, sleeps with him and then the other two um, come in now and again when called. They can't just walk in when they feel like it. There's probably a bother. But that side of it's left very vague, which is nice. You yeah, there's no... there's no um, None of that's on camera. Don't be, I mean, it's reality, but mm. hi. Anyway, this week was the last episode, and uh, one the girls basically have decided to leave, and one of the girls has gone, and she's met her, someone else, and one of the girls has got a programme called Bridget's Beaches, where she looks at various beaches across the world. And the wow. other one, she wanted a child with uh, Hef, and he just wouldn't do it, so she's... And, you know, I really... The splitting up of the three girlfriends and the leaving of the Playboy Mansion, I honestly, I, I wept. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone though who thinks I, I'm messing about, you should, you should. If you ever, you know, when you flip through, you know, if, if you've got satellite, you get that like blue thing come up with a list yeah. of all the programs. Mm. There's loads of programs on that which I've never seen, and I'm intrigued. There's there's one called the Dog Whisperer. You introduced me to the Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh, dog the Bounty Hunter, I watch regularly, but we should go into okay. that later. But, but dog, dog, the Dog Whisperer, I've never seen it, but it always seems to be on. There's another one called Is that um, like Hill. <laughs> well, or maybe it's a dog that goes rove, rove. I don't know because I haven't seen it. So what happened? <laughs> <laughs> see what I love. You know when do- you two have never had a dog, have you? Which you told me this no. morning. I was shocked. At- I like when dogs. Some dogs they don't go straight into barking. They they don't whisper, but they sort of cough. <laughs> it's like they're trying to just not go suddenly into barking. They want a little bit of a ramp into it. So you sit with the dog and it might hear something. And he goes... And into it, they, they don't just go there because you could hurt your throat. Do they cough to cover the fact that they're talking? So if someone says something they don't agree with, they go... <laughs> <laughs> I think the dog whisperer does that. There's another programme called Beyond Wit. What's that? Well, Beyond Wit, there's more to it than that. <laughs> but because it's a long title, you only get Beyond Wit, dot, dot, dot. So I've no idea what it's beyond. Oh. It could be Beyond the Dog Whisperer. Oh, OK. Well, it must be beyond something that begins with... Perhaps it's Beyond We, and it's, it's about yeah. the major advances in uh, computer games. Anyway, I, I cry easy, I'll be honest with you. Mm. I tell you what, um, Dead Poet Society always makes me cry. Where the, where the boys stand up on the desks. Oh, don't start. So, my captain, my captain. Oh, every yeah. time. Just every do you have a film like that? Every time. Oh, yeah. I, I, right. You know, I have, you know, in The Lion King, hmm. there's a bit where they hold Simba up on Pride Rock as they're singing Circle of Life. I'm actually crying a bit now, thinking. I think I cry when they rip the antelope to pieces. Yeah. That's uh, one of the th- songs that makes me cry. is a song called "Old Shep" by Elvis Presley, which is uh, which is about a dog that's gonna. I think he shoots. It's, it's not clear whether he shoots. He reaches for a gun, oh. and then he talks about it being in dog heaven. 
if you put two and two together, <laughs> I don't know what's happened in the meantime, but it's uh, it's never good. Absolute. Guess what? Darren Brown is in the studio. <laughs> Darren Brown is in the studio. Darren Brown. We needed more opera there. Darren Brown there, look. Darren, <laughs> welcome. Welcome. That was a lovely song. Yeah, thanks. Not what, not what you said. I actually meant the Elvis Presley, but that was a lovely oh. song. <laughs> oh, you built, you built me up. You break me down. How <laughs> typical of the British public. <laughs> so not that you're a member of the public. I just start. It's great to have you on, Darren. And uh, I should start straight away mm-hmm. with saying that you're about to do a, a show in the West. West End of London. The West End of London, yes. Um, yeah, I've, I, I'm touring for a bit, which is about to start, and then it comes into the Adelphi on the Strand in um, mid-June, mid-June to mid-July. So uh, that's quite exciting, quite looking forward to that. It's a lovely theatre. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I should say, by the way, um, that Darren is hovering about three foot off the ground <laughs> I know. at the moment, I, I, and he's on fire. <laughs> yeah. how, how does he do these things? The man must be in league with the devil. So, um, Darren, I saw I saw you. Um, would you say in concert? Is that how you describe? Oh, it? I like in concert. Yeah, let's yeah. say that. What would yeah. you normally say live? Yeah, live. Yeah, you you did. You kindly came to the last show. We oh, had kindly. A drink afterwards. I'm not. I'm not kidding you. Um, we drank goat's blood over a bobbling cauldron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, it's a fantastic. And uh, he, I was with three people, and he turned them into a three-piece suite. They were rushed into hospital. <laughs> I found up the next morning. I said, "How are they?" They said, "Comfortable." Oh. I'm sorry, it's a very old joke, but it's, it's just flowing. I'm so excited that you're here, Darren. It's just flowing out of me. Now, can I say, though, and this is... I know people have to say nice things to guests, but this is from my heart. That show is probably the most consistently brilliant theatre show I've ever seen. Oh, I was so excited. It was great. And I tell you what... I'm very lovely of you. Thank I you. I have to be careful how I say this on the radio, but it made me swear a lot. Right. And I kept using this phrase, and at the was second... that you? Because it was really distracting. Yes. <laughs> I was really trying to focus at the time. Every I'm... time you did something very magical, I I would well, I used the phrase the second word of which was hell. Let me oh. just say that. But it had happened. I'll go go to <laughs> oh, hell. It was. I just. I was so amazed. I love being amazed. Oh yeah, yeah, super kind. Thank you. That was the, that was the last one. But that was Evening of Wonders, I think, which was um, all at the Garrick. That's yes. been on telly. This is the uh, this will be the new one. You'll have to come to that and swear during that too. I know it was evening of wonders because I had an argument with my girlfriend about it, in which I said, "What was the name of Darren's show last time we saw it?" And she said, "It was evening of wonders." And I said, "No, it wasn't. It's nothing like that." So I apologise if you're listening. Uh, I had a confusing. It was Darren. It was Darren. We thought Darren Brown, mind reader. And then evening of what? And it got very confusing. We didn't know whether it was called we, as in me and the team, not yeah. weird royal we. That some people didn't know whether it was called Mind Reader or Evening of Wonders either. So it wasn't until the TV version came out and they just ditched the Mind Reader that it became clear. Oh, so, uh, so it you, wasn't you know, just me. No, no, it wasn't just you. No, we were all confused. So, Darren, can you do magic? Can you do actual? Are you a magic person? I'm not going to ask you to do any now because it's on the radio. What depends what you mean by magic? I think well, it, it all takes place. Any sort of magic, even even. Country magic just take well even country magic it all takes place in the in the mind of the person that's watching so no in a nutshell the person isn't doing anything supernatural but if it it's like comedy if the person isn't finding it funny then it isn't funny I guess it's you depend entirely on the reaction of, of the people that are watching and listening and with with magic and what I do it happens entirely in the minds of the people watching so you create an experience you take somebody from a to B, and if B doesn't seem like it couldn't possibly follow from A, then you've then you've kind of failed. So it's uh, 
Yes, it's real in the sense that it's real, but only exists in. Look, I, I'm, I'm not buying this. I, no? I see. I think a lot of these. No, no is the short answer. A lot of magicians, yes but yeah. a lot of magicians say that they can do magic and they're tricksters. I think you're the other way around. I think you actually are a wizard of some kind, <laughs> and you claim it's just like mind games and stuff like that. Look, I, I, I think we will discover. Hang on. I think <laughs> you're you from go. the planet Xenon. Right. That's what I'm saying. Is that Paul Xenon? <laughs> no, not Paul Xenon. <laughs> he comes from a much more minor satellite than you do, Darren. I don't think there's any... No, honestly, when I watched it, I was so gobsmacked. If anyone had told me how you did anything, I would have smacked them in the mouth. I don't want to know. Do people usually want to know? Uh, no, I don't think they do, which is kind of nice. And there were those, there were those uh, shows a few years ago that exposed, like, illusion, sort of stage illusion, that kind of magic, you know, with how, how you saw people in half and do all that, which I think kind of missed the point a bit. Um, no, I don't think... I don't think people do want to know. One thing I've always felt is quite a nice thing is to kind of... I think magic over the years has traditionally sort of insulted people's intelligence. I think I've tried to, not necessarily succeed, but try to find a way of doing it that kind of engages people's intelligence rather than, uh, you know, kind of making out you you can do something which people know at the end of the day you can't. They know it's, you know, a technique or something or something you've practised hard enough or thought hard enough and that you're not doing anything... Um, genuinely supernatural there's a time bomb with magicians I think you you start I'm, I'm a sort of magician you know, I'm using the word magician but that's I it, you, of, that's it a, you said magician I have a foot write in that, that down yeah I got yeah, a foot in that door and it you you start off all the great fascinating things about magic mentalism whatever you want to call it are normally the things you can't really talk about because they're the, the methods that you're using or the 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 things that just keep you going and, but you find it so fascinating but you can't really talk about those because then you start to give away how you're doing it, and part of it, you know, obviously is retaining the mystique. So the mistake, I think, what a lot of magicians do then is they start to create a this sort of two-dimensional, mysterious personality to make up that kind of interest, you know, to, to try and be interesting in a in a different way. Um, and then, of course, people get people get sick of that. So it is um, it is uh, it is tricky. But I think I think it's important to be honest. I think. Well, yeah, but I, I think you're lying. I think you're. I think you're a wizard. I think you're a wizard who's claiming to be a trickster. That's what I think. Absolute. We're talking to Darren Brown. When I say we, obviously, it's, it's uh, me, Maybe. Emily, and uh, and Gareth. Uh, Emily, you've got a bit of a sensational Darren Brown story. I have, which you were kind Uh-oh. of indirectly involved in, Frank. I'm indirectly involved in so many interesting <laughs> events. Well, we were a friend had invited us to a dinner party, and you'd very kindly agreed to give a. Do I say performance? When she says you, she's a looking concert. at Darren. Yeah, sorry. Concert. <laughs> a yeah. concert. Yeah. Do you do concerts in people's homes? <laughs> I should start. <laughs> but I remember, if I'm right, I think you'd agreed with the friend that you were going to send. That you'd sent a tape beforehand. A cassette tape, that's right. Yes, yes, yes and yes, you'd yes, said, yes. hide it somewhere in the house, and it was hidden behind a painting, <laughs> which is rather oh, brilliant. This was just an informal party, and you sent a, a type of predictions ahead. Often, Come on, I would love to have you for dinner, if you'd like to do a little bit afterwards as well. That would be nice for you. It was brilliant. And then this tape was retrieved at some point, so there'd been no tampering or anything. Yeah. It was put inside, and it was then played, and you then proceeded to... You went through every single person sitting around the table and described exactly what we were wearing, which totally freaked me out because, you know, you did it even to me and I was a civilian. So I just thought, well, how would you... It's not like you could Google me and think, oh, she tends to wear, you know, chaps. I should say, when Emily says civilian, she doesn't mean this was a load of military (laughs) people. She means that she was the only non-famous person. Yeah, 
So you went round in great detail, and you also said what we'd be, the food we were eating, the topics we'd be discussing. Mm-hmm. So we were all trying to work out. This well, is on this the is cassette amazing. that I'd yeah, seen on the a, cassette. a couple of weeks before. Yeah. It can't, can't be possible. But then, this is the really weird thing. You then referred to Frank, and you said to David Baddiel, who was there, I'm afraid Frank can't be with us tonight. Sadly, he's had a piece of bad news. But if he had come, he would have been wearing purple. Yeah. Okay, so over to you now, Frank. Yeah, so what had happened is I had a big row with my girlfriend at the time. I don't remember which one it was. I probably got the postcode <laughs> probably written down. Problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I bumped into David Baddiel in the street that day and said, look, I'm not coming tonight. I'm just really in a bad mood and blah, blah, blah. I'm just, you know, I'm sad and all that. And I had a purple hooded top, which I almost <laughs> never wore. I mean, it was, it, it was only because I was staying in. I was wearing, I only nipped out for like a pint of milk. So it's it's just it's beyond magic. Oh, you make it sound so good. I think you might have been sitting in a car outside all of our houses at some point in the day just to see what we were wearing. I think we should throw you into water with your hands tied and see if you float. See what happens. Um, yeah, no, so just... the question is, how did you do that? <laughs> well, you know, such a long time ago, I can't remember. Um, but you know, must see why people are apps. I mean, that is, it's not just amazing, it's a little bit frightening. It's become like the grassy knoll, the purple top. We just, it, we can't yeah. explain how well, it happened. was years ago, that's nice to know you're still, uh, yeah. still thinking about it. Well, obviously, I've... if someone does magic in your house, yeah. it is something that you tend not to forget, I think. Yes, yes, I suppose so. It was. Um, <laughs> I love um, his own nonchalant. He's um, nonchalant. It was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, he's right. It was a cassette I sent a few weeks ago, and the wife of the couple had, had hidden it. And um, I've only ever done it probably three times in my life. I'd probably, do you know, there probably were a few things on it that were wrong as well that maybe you're not remembering. I don't know, or maybe not. They still got it. I left the tape with them. I think. Oh, so, um, pe- people yeah. do help magicians a bit, though, don't they? Because if I remember a trick that someone's done mm. um, I always add about three things to it to make it more amazing yeah that's, a, that's an interesting aspect of it this goes back to what I was saying about like, it, it all happens in the person's head when you watch it I think if you um, I think actually the cassette was impossibly accurate but in other situations <laughs> you'd have um, you'd have uh, you know, if you've been if it's you know it could just be a card trick you know if you've been uh, fooled by something it's in your interest. It's like having a really nice holiday and wanting to tell people about it and engage them in how lovely it was. You have an interest in kind of exaggerating what happened a bit in order to, to, to get the story across and to have people go, oh, wow, that is amazing. And also you don't want them going, well, hang on, he could have just you know picked up the deck of cards and switched them at that point. So you kind of go, no, you never touch the cards. You know, you, know, you start yeah. to you, you embellish it to make it as amazing as possible. And a good magician will, will drop in there are things that you can drop in during the trick to help people do that. To make, like, if you, you know, if you are doing a trick where the deck has to be in a particular order at the beginning, so they can't shuffle it at the beginning, but it's safe for them to shuffle it halfway through. So when you give them the deck halfway through, you say, uh, shuffle it again. This time, do it under the table. Now they haven't shuffled it before, but you're talking as if they had. You shuffle it again, but this time, do it under the table. So they'll just follow those instructions. But afterwards, when they remember. They'll, they'll kind of, it's easy for them to remember that that was the second time they shuffled it. They did shuffle it at the beginning, which makes the whole trick becomes impossible. You know? <laughs> so you, you drop in those sort of false memories. It's a, it's a, it's a big part of it. I mean, the, the thing that always sticks in my mind is when you got people to uh, stop an armed guard in the street. Uh, oh, the heist. And wave a gun about and all that. Now, yeah. when I watched that, I just thought, if there's any police in the area of this, why don't they shoot this person before they can say, I should explain, I've been hypnotised <laughs> by Darren Brown. Oh, there were loads of police. Now, we had the whole... It was on a Sunday. We, we took over a big chunk of um, East London around by Gresham Street, around in the city. Um, and uh, 
So it was cordoned off. We had to get the police's involvement on that day for exactly that reason, because there was going to be a guy with not a real gun, but a, um, a, a, a good replica. Um, so they were... They'd been on this. It sort of came out of those motivational seminars and that whole kind of um, ethos of, you know, get what you want, influence other people, set your goals, and no, 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 that whole world of motivational training and so on, which is horrible, really, because it misses the point, because being kind, being nice is actually, I think, the... Uh, what a gets you ahead most in life, and what ten if you want to if you want to make it about getting what you want, but also just makes you happier. So well, you I, say being nice, but I yeah. mean Paul McKenna uses that method of training to stop people smoking. You use it to make people hold up <laughs> trucks in the street. <laughs> How nice is that, <laughs> Daryl nice Brown? Nasty. <laughs> it was so. It was about taking that. It was about taking that kind of selfishness in that world and. Uh, and seeing whether you can persuade people to do things that they supposedly don't want to do, because that's always a big thing that you. But you can't make people do things they don't want to do. And I thought, well, you can. You just got to make them want want to do it. Which that whole seminar world reminded me of. You know, I've been making people do what they don't want to do for years. Absolute, Darren. Um, you've got. I just kind of let's get the plug in out of the way. You've got a book coming out because you do caricatures. I it? do. I paint. I paint portraits, and um, they've been kind enough to put a book together of them. I don't know quite when it's coming out. I think it can be ready in April, but they might not launch it a little later. But, um, yeah, probably probably April. And who have you done caricatures of? Oh, everyone. Well, that. you say that. Yeah, I was going to say. Everyone. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> move on. Anyway, that's his book <laughs> of... Uh, <laughs> the sort of... Some of the lesser lights of the showbiz world. And then there's... Um, and then you've got the DVD of the show I saw, which was brilliant. Evening of Wonders. Which is called Thank Evening of Wonders. That yeah. is coming out soon. I've just been signing off on the... You're not very good on the dates, are you, no, Mr Memory I, I, Man? Yeah. <laughs> soon. Soon? I mean, what kind <laughs> of night is that? Rubbish. It's supposed to be magic. And I should say that the tickets for the show, your show, which starts um, at the 15th of June at the Adelphi Theatre in London, are available, you must know this, on your website. Yes, you can get them through my website. It's, which uh, is www.darrenbrown.co.uk. Oh, you know, that's it. What's, it's going to be the Darren Brown. If you put in Darren Brown, it's going to come up, isn't it? What You're do I have fun. to spoon-feed you people? Or see tickets, I think, if you want to go directly. And I it says here the performance that. is not suitable for children under 12 years of, old, no. of age. Okay. Of old. Right, why is that? 12 years of old. Is it that, um, one, is it that trick where you strangle an Alsatian? Yeah. <laughs> I hate that yeah, one. Yeah, and there's a lot of, a lot of bad language. And, yeah. Um, well, there is from me when I'm watching you. Yeah, that's just from you. <laughs> now, you've got a parrot. Oh, not anymore. Oh, that's very oh, sad. Oh, God, Maybe no, he, that's one of the worst things right. that's ever he happened. From something very <laughs> oh, God. Oh. No, he died. This has become oh, a Monty no. Python sketch. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm oh, sorry no. about that. Oh, Darren, when was that? Is it, it quite was, recent? It, no, it was literally three years ago. So you're over it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, I right. did, I did My not... research is a, perhaps a little out of date. <laughs> <laughs> have you not thought about getting another one just to I make did this have bit work? I did, and then that died as well. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a pattern. There's a pattern emerging. I think there is. Parrot. I think it's the soaring in half. Do you practice on parrots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, but, it's just not going to work with one blow of the machete. It has to be a bit more <laughs> gradual. You've got to work the tension on that. Yeah, no, they've all died. So, so have you got TV and stuff coming up as well? Um, I, not till September. There's, um, I've done some documentaries. I'm, I've done two documentaries. I'm doing a third on people sort of making paranormal claims and so on and spending some spending some time and spending a week, spend a week with a medium in uh, Liverpool, which is really interesting, and a week with a, a ghost hunter in Philadelphia and we're trying to find a, a third no one wants to do it with me they all think I'm going to be aggressively sceptical which uh, well you're going to expose not... them presumably so well, of course I'm, they don't want to do but it you know what that whole uh, 
I mean, yeah, I'm sceptical, but sceptical just means asking questions as opposed to cynical, which means sticking your fingers in your ears and going, no, 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 not listening. So uh, the idea was to make shows that were genuinely, you know, in the, in the spirit of true scepticism, which is, I would love this to be true, and I'm going to spend some time with you and see whether it holds up and watch what you do and just ask some questions. And, and um, So it's not not aggressive at all. So do one more of those. And also, and I mean, did you go to a seance? Did you actually go to one of those? Um, we, well, certainly with the, with the ghost hunter, we went to uh, a proper... E- there's exorcisms involved and there's uh, doing um, like a pro- proper sort of haunting investigation in someone's house. Oh it was God. absolutely, it was brilliant, really fascinating. Did stuff. you hear a voice go, Polly wants a crack? <laughs> <laughs> that would have put you in your place, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Expose. <laughs> well, look, Derek, so the, the show I, I know will be brilliant because the last one was great. So a DVD book, etc., etc. Mm. So it's really good having you on the show. Oh, it's been lovely to be And I honestly, it has, the Skinner, it has the Skinner recommendation. Darren Brown Live is breathtaking. Absolute. This is the last time, Keen. Oh, they don't mean it, do they? They don't mean that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. What was we? Oh, yeah, there was a thing in the paper this week that um, it says that uh, funny men get girls. That, that is the thing. They went through these Lonely Hearts columns, and the thing that they are most impressed by is uh, that thing, GSOH, good sense of humour. And basically, funny things, people saying funny things in the columns. Do you, now, Gareth, you're a comedian by trade. Yes. Are you a ladies' man? Would you, I know you're married now, but we've all got a past. I'm one ladies' man. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, but in the past, before you met Laura. No, absolutely not. And and I, I don't think that there's one person that has ever approached me after a gig or around a gig in a romantic way. I might what? have I might have just been I know you Not can, in a romantic you, way. You can see me, Frank, and you know that is an incredible thing. Yeah. That no one has <laughs> maybe people are intimidated. That is maybe that's what that's, it is. they think he's too funny. I, I could laugh myself into a hospital. But also I am so socially inept mm. that I probably just miss it. If it did happen I wouldn't so it might ca- have I wouldn't happened. catch on. You might have been proposition yes. and not even noticed. You know, would you like to sleep with me? I'm not tired, thanks. But that's really thoughtful. Yeah, that, that's a good. It's a good combat actually for women who you find not attractive. So nice, let them down gently. Oh, so oh that's no, what just, that means. Sorry, I've just had a coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Emma, have you ever um, dated a comedian? I've dabbled. I say date. Oh, you've dabbled. I, yes, I've dabbled. I did date a comedian. I'm not sure if I should out him. I'm no, not sure no, how he no, feel about that. No, but let's but, just say as a clue that he often works with Diddy men. <laughs> <laughs> You can Imagine still see the teeth marks on her neck. It's rather frightening. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've been at... She likes and to be do tickled. You, do you find, <laughs> no. What do you think of comedians? Because some people, of course, think that comedians, when they're off stage, are sombre, bitter, broken-hearted people. I think today I have had comments from the text saying, um, Frank's chipper, but Gareth sounds like he's a bit down yeah. <laughs> today. Oh. So, And um, I am a bit like that. I am... You're hang dog. You yes. are hang dog. Didn't you want hang a dog as well? Uh, <laughs> as part of Darren Brown's. He, he was asking for it. The yeah, things well, he'd done. Once the Alsatian had gone, it sort of turned into a blood frenzy. So, um, no, so what would you say about I if you had to say... sum up comedians in general? How many are we talking here? <laughs> Over a hundred. No. <laughs> Frank. Okay, so. 120. Um, Is it the cast of Dad's Army? <laughs> you killed them. You killed them with your insatiable appetite. You're right, Godfrey. I can't do it again, Emily. We're doomed. We're doomed, Captain Mannering. We don't like it off them. Oh, I can only apologise. Sorry. Um, anyway, yeah, I would say the thing that's weird, not weird about comedians, but the one sort of aspect of dating a comedian is that 
they're like it's like dating a psychologist or a shrink because it's all about observing human behaviour what mm. you guys do really mm. so it's quite frightening the level of psychological insight into everything you do and often very accurate I, I am told I have frighteningly accurate insight. I'm new, I'm new friend. Well, this, this I'm thing I'm just told to shut up. That's what I found. Oh, God, shut it's up with your stupid Frank, jokes. Can you stop following me? That's what usually people... I don't buy this thing. Uh, this that You can laugh a woman into bed. I mean, women always say that. You can laugh. It's the idea that you laugh with such gusto that you can start moving them across the room and steer them into bed. I mean, if you could do that, would that be morally acceptable as, as, as a form of courtship to physically laugh a woman into bed I, you can I, wrestle a woman into bed I find or, or, or drag but um, laugh a woman no, no, obviously you shouldn't but um, laugh a woman into bed is I don't I think that's the thing that women say because women really like if you say who's the most popular sexy man they ask women in a survey that they, they tend not to say Paul Daniels, or they, they tend, they tend. Oh, I'm classing as a comedian. Funny they, yeah, or, or they tend to say Brad Pitt, who's the, one of the least funny people I've ever met. I was stuck in a lift with him once. He didn't say one funny thing for the whole time. I think we're coming to the end of the show. Um, and yes, um, I, I can I say that I, I think I have pulled a lot of women, but I was always funny. I was always funny. It wasn't until I was funny and rich that the attraction really, <laughs> really? kicked in. Um, it's been a fabulous week. Thank you, Emily and Gareth and, and Darren Brown. was great. 